Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan played Penn State on Saturday, and the Wolverines dominated much of the game, pulled away in the second half, and ended up with a blowout win over a top-10 team. Michigan is 7-0 entering its bye week. We break down the game and what to expect in the season's final stretch coming up on Wolverine Confidential. Okay, Aaron, good to be talking with you here Monday morning, October 17th. So yeah, I think I think you had in, in one of your headlines or subheads or you know kind of tweet descriptions somewhere I saw you write the words like who who saw that coming, uh, and I'm sure there was someone out there that thought Penn State was overrated and Michigan was going to have its way, but uh, it certainly wasn't any of us on the M Live staff. We all picked it relatively close. I think I had the biggest margin and I was nine or ten. I mean, it wasn't. I, I thought it, I think I wrote it would be a game in the fourth quarter. It was not a game in the fourth quarter. And we'll kind of, we'll, I think it's maybe best to cover this game as far as like, you know, two halves. Um, and let's start with uh, the first half because uh, Michigan was, was not particularly, I mean, the scoreboard wasn't indicative of how Michigan was dominating the game. No, it wasn't. Uh, they, you can make the case they underperformed their numbers. I mean, they had four drives there where they got inside the, the Penn State red zone, had to settle for three field goals and got one touchdown out of it. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why you saw that 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 close score uh, there at halftime. Michigan just couldn't punch it in. They were moving the football just fine. They were getting yards on the ground and essentially doing whatever they wanted. But once they got inside the red zone, they almost kind of shot themselves in the foot. They just they couldn't get into the, in the, in the you know past the goal line. Um, it's been a problem at times this year, um, you know. And it, it kind of set up for what it was at halftime. And they had a two point lead. Um, yet they dominated on the stat sheet. Let me pull these numbers up. They were yeah, pretty fascinating. Cause I've got them here. They are okay. something. Go you, ahead. You, you don't see it, see it every year. Okay. Total yards, Michigan had, it was 274 to 83. Yep. Total plays, Michigan was up 50 to 14. Time of possession, Michigan had like an 18-minute time of possession advantage. Michigan had 18 first downs that Penn State won. Penn State essentially scored you know, two touchdowns on two plays that, 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 that Sean Clifford run 60 plus yards where Michigan kind of bought into the, into the run and, and the fake. And he, mm-hmm. he found an opening and took it nearly to the house. And then the, the pick six, which, you know, again, something you don't see every day. So you can make the case that Michigan underperformed their stats and, and Penn state got lucky and certainly overperformed their stats because their numbers, because, you know, it, it, when they went when the two teams went into the break, it was 16 and 16, 14, Michigan, but it certainly didn't feel like that in the stat sheet. Yeah, when you have more touchdowns than you have first downs, that I can't say I recall that, and that is was the case with Penn State. You know, it wasn't like Michigan. Michigan was, you know, used the phrase "shooting itself in the foot." Absolutely, as far as not getting it done in the red zone. But it wasn't exactly like self-inflicted penalty. They only had one penalty. You know, Penn State had two. They never punted the ball. Penn State did twice. So, yeah, uh, it 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 should have been much more than it was. And it was like, oh, well, they've let Penn State hang around now. What can happen in the second half? In the end, what they did was kind of do the same thing they did in the first half, but actually convert water found its level. And Michigan ends up, you know, dominating this game in in on the scoreboard as well as, you know, the, the box score. So they end up with, you know, more than two times as many yards uh, and, and a 41 to 17 victory. So I guess what what really was the difference in the second half and just generally, you know, your impressions of of a, a win like this over a team that was ranked 10th in the country. They, they got the home run, the home run runs. I mean, you, you had a feeling in the first half that they were coming. Don Edwards and Blake, and Blake Corm were both, 
you know, finding holes and, and, and busting big plays, but they couldn't get the one. Well, they get to the second half, and it was it was just a matter of time, it felt like. And sure enough, I mean, Donovan Edwards had the 62-yard or 67-yard touchdown run where he, he literally went untouched to the house, and then Blake Corn followed up a drive later and uh, and scored his own 60-yard touchdown run himself. So the run game was cooking all game. Michigan, I think, realized that early on, and I, I think that was the biggest surprise about all this. I mean, Penn State came into this game statistically – you know, the fifth best with the fifth best rush defense in the country. They're giving up fewer than 80 yards or allowing fewer than 80 yards on the ground per game. Uh, and Michigan went and rushed for 418. Uh, you know, it's not something we expected. I think many of us thought Michigan was going to have to air the ball a little bit more. We thought Penn State would provide some resistance on the ground. Um, you know, we know how Michigan wants to win games. They want to do it on the ground. They want to do it through the run game. They, they started that that way again on Saturday, and Penn State just couldn't stop them. So they kept going back to it, and I don't blame them. I mean, it was another big day for Blake Corum, uh, 28 carries, 166 yards, two touchdowns. But I think maybe more impressively and more importantly is he actually got some help. I mean, Donovan mm-hmm. Edwards, 16 carries, 173 yards, two touchdowns himself. So he was a little bit more productive than Blake, but not only that, but he shouldered some more of the burden in the, in the run game, more of the, the uh, reps. Uh, and I think that's that's I think the biggest takeaway from this game is I think Donovan appears healthy. Um, you know, he'd obviously played in, in, the, in the preceding couple of games, didn't get a ton of work, didn't get a ton of carries. This is really his first game where he had double digit carries and just had there was a lot for him. Um, and I think moving forward, assuming both of them can stay healthy, um, that that bodes well for this Michigan rushing game, because we know that's how Michigan wants to play and how they want to dominate. Uh, and, and at times last year, you know. Um, you know, Hassan played fantastic. Blake was banged up. Uh, so if they can both stay healthy, I mean, this, this Michigan offense, we talk about how great it's been, but, uh, you know, JJ has said a couple of times now they haven't found, they haven't hit their, their peak. Um, I don't know if he necessarily meant that with the run game, but the run game certainly turned it up a notch on Saturday. Yeah. It was funny. I saw a tweet from a national college football writer, like at one point in the second half talking about, you know, it was too bad. Like Michigan doesn't have, uh, you know, someone else to to take some of the load off of Corm in the backfield. He's a beast, but you know. And I'm like, what game are you watching right now? Like, this is this is the game where they absolutely do have one, and and it was Donovan Edwards. But yeah, let's 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 talk about some numbers here. Penn State entering the day had allowed uh, 399 uh, rushing yards total um, through five games. Okay, to their opponents, Michigan beat that by themselves with. 418 um penn state went from you know, mentioned they were fifth entering the day in rushing yards allowed they're now 56 that, that's what one michigan rushing performance did to this defense so you know if we were if we were wrong about our prediction coming into the game it was that we kind of thought you specifically noted you know you thought jj with his legs might be important to kind of take some of the pressure off i i said i thought he might they might just go to the air more and he might have a, a breakout game well, they didn't. They didn't really need it because, in fact, their their bread and butter, the way they prefer to move the ball, really every team does. Um, just handing the ball off to their running backs was effective enough. They didn't really need JJ to do anything, you know, out of the ordinary. No, in in respect, they they did both of those areas just enough. I mean, JJ picked picked and chose his the areas where he did run, and I thought mm-hmm. he was a little bit smarter about it this time around. Seven carries, 57 yards. I I thought he was effective in that area. And then, yes, when Michigan had to throw the ball, maybe especially early on there in the first half, those first couple of drives, 
um, they were able to, to to throw the ball. So they, they did they they did those two areas just fine. But again, as the game wore on, it became more clear to everyone. I felt like that Michigan was having its day on the ground, and they're just going to keep going to it. And they were basically daring Penn State to stop them, and Penn State couldn't do it. Uh, which I think is again, that's the I think the most shocking thing to come out of this thing is the fact that Michigan wanted to do did what they wanted to do and did it without any resistance against. And this isn't like you know this wasn't Colorado State, this wasn't Hawaii, this was Penn State, a top ten ranked team at least going into Saturday, with statistically one of the best rush defenses in the country. So you you start to wonder, your mind starts to wonder now, how good is this Michigan run game? Is it better than it was last year? Um, you know. It, it's hard to tell just because of the schedule Michigan's played up to this point. Um, but all offseason, we have been he- hearing that this offensive line could be better than it was last year. We knew Blake Corum is coming back with Dom and Edwards as a compliment. Um, and now that they're both healthy and, and, and both available and obviously both playing very well, and this offensive line uh, seems to have gelled, um, it, it's coming to fruition. This, this Michigan run game is just perhaps just as effective as it was last year. Um, and it's certainly, I think, going to be the way Michigan wants to play moving forward. Um, it, you know, and there's a lot of talk coming in this game. Was Michigan going to air it out more? Are they going to expand the offense? Folks are calling it vanilla and everything else. But I think at the end of the day, and, and Jim Harbaugh was kind of asked this in the post-game press conference, is this kind of the way you want to win a football game? And he, he said, well, I just – joking, said, well, I just want to win every game. It doesn't matter how it is. But I think deep down, certainly – this had the identity of a Jim Harbaugh team. I mean, it has for the last couple of years, just the way they, they want to win up front with their strength and their power and their run game. And gosh, they, they did it. That was probably, I can make the case. That was probably the most impressive run game game on the ground from this Michigan football team since probably last year's Ohio state uh, win. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll answer it. I'll, I think they are, I think they are better, better rushing attack than they were last year. Um, and yeah, McCarthy 17 to 24, uh, you know, 145 yards. So he completed 71% of his passes, you know, had the one, maybe a couple he'd like back one actually completed, but another one that, you know, batted away, hit off a, another Penn state guy's helmet ends up, you know, getting returned for a touchdown. But uh, you know, in the end he, he was efficient and, you know, dangerous enough with his legs and yeah, you run the ball like you did against Penn state against Iowa. Like I think this, this, offense is has, has proven itself now so uh and certainly on the ground at least so yeah um I, I say yes it is it is better than last year uh the defense i mean you talk about a question mark going into the season uh after what this unit did last year um i don't know this is another another feather in their cap um you know penn state especially on the ground had been pretty dangerous and again they end up with 17 points but you know as we discussed I don't think you can pick and choose which plays you're going to remove, but the fact is they got seven of those points on defense and uh, you know, another touchdown set up by just a very long quarterback run from a quarterback. You don't expect, uh, you know, to make such a play uh, in the end though, you know, the, to, to hold a team to, um, you know, I think it was 200 and uh, how many total yards did they have? 268. Yeah. That's, that's good. Um, yeah. What, what do you make of this, of this defense? Uh, you know, seven games in. No, it looked good. I mean, they, they took away Penn State's, I think, preference to, to obviously uh, run the football. Uh, Nick Singleton and Keatron Allen did essentially nothing all game. I mean, they they both rushed six times, and he, neither one of them cracked 20 yards. Again, as you mentioned, Sean Clifford's the, the biggest play was Sean Clifford's 62-yard uh, scamper there. So it was, um, 
Yeah, it was a, it was a good game. They, you know, I went back and watched, and I just it, it seemed like they were getting pressure on every time Sean Clifford dropped back to pass. Especially they were getting pressure. Now they only I think only had two sacks and four TFLs. So I mean the sack count wasn't there, but it, it seemed like Sean every time he had either get get rid of the ball quickly or he was facing some type of pressure. And I think it really complicated Penn State's passing game. And when they're not getting things going with the run game and they're forced to throw the ball under pressure, you, you saw what happened. They just couldn't get they couldn't string drives together they couldn't string first downs together and, and it's, they really struggled to score i mean it, it just goes to show that they're they're only touched down the offensive side of the ball is because of the broken play that allowed the quarterback to, uh, quarterback who isn't exactly the mobile um, the most mobile guy in the world uh wide open range so it, it, i thought it was very good i mean they're, they're really coming into their own mike morris has really i think come bro- broken out and then the last couple of games has shown that he's he's certainly be- becoming i think one of their more elite uh you know edge guys um, and, and they're playing as I think a unit, and more importantly, you know, all off season and coming into the year, we were told nonstop that this wasn't a, you know, superstar led defense. It was going to take all eleven guys, and they're really playing. They're they're playing good football. I mean, they could have had an interception there. DJ Turner let a let a pass go through his arms and hit his chest. Um, so they're 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 in the right places, at the right times, making the right plays when they need them. And and against this type of quality competition, it, it's all, it's really all you can ask for. Um, so yes, they're, they're playing great statistically they're, I think they're top 10 in the country in most areas. Again, uh, it, it's a, it's a good looking defense. I, I'm really curious to see how they, they, they fare against some more, maybe high powered offenses. And I don't know when that comes. It might not be until Ohio state, uh, but nonetheless, they're certainly coming together and, and they're improving as, as the weeks have gone on. Right. I mean, I don't know at this point, the schedule, it, it is what it is. You got to kind of almost throw it out. They're seven and oh, and the goal is right to win the big 10, get to the playoff. So, I mean, you know, at this point, we're trending towards Michigan, uh, you know, making uh, having just a deep run. And, and you know, people still saying, wow, who did they beat? <laughs> at some point, it becomes almost irrelevant. Um, so they do have a bye this week um, and then and then Michigan State. So, you know, I guess always good when you can you can have a bye, uh, you know, leading up to to arrival. Um, the schedule, there's like two ways to look at it. So I'm curious to get your take because you've got. Uh, next four games after the bye, Michigan State at home, at Rutgers, Nebraska at home, and Illinois at home uh, before you know the trip to Columbus at the end of the year. So these next four, I don't know. You could look at it as you always have to throw out the records when you play. You know your 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 rival in Michigan State. Um, you could say the Rutgers game looks pretty very winnable, but it is a road game. Um, and then Nebraska is, you know, they're two and two in the Big Ten. Could be four and zero. Oh. Um, Illinois is ranked 18. They're now rolling six and one with a very good defense, you know, but none of those teams are, you know, they're not, they're not Penn state. They're not, um, you know, there might not even be, you know, Iowa or Indiana on the road. I don't know. It is, you know, two of those teams are in the West, which is just by far the weaker division again this year. Um, I don't know. What do you make of this, this stretch before Ohio state? Well, it's certainly winnable. Uh, you know, as you said, the the Michigan State game year in and year out is always a a, a, a toss up. I mean, you you could have a, a poor Michigan State team, or Michigan could play be playing poorly, and the result could go the other way. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm certainly I think if you're Michigan, you, you can't look past Michigan State. I don't think that they are. I mean, we talked to them after the game on Saturday, and you know, despite there being a bye and them essentially getting a few days off this week, they're still locked in and and loaded for Michigan State. They they know what happened last year. They were upset with the way things went down in East Lansing and how the game finished. I mean, I, th- I think they generally thought they should have won that game, but nonetheless, they they lost. 
Uh, and it was really the only real blemish to their season last year. Uh, you know, it kept them from going unbeaten in the regular season and having that perfect um, uh, successful uh, events happening because coming into the year, Jim Harbaugh said the goals are, you know, obviously to beat, beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, and win the Big Ten Championship. And I think if they can do that, they feel like it, they, things take care of themselves and you get in the playoff and, and everything else. So I, I think Michigan State, first and foremost, is, is the challenge ahead. I, I do think Michigan has the talent. They're just playing a lot better football, not to mention that this game is in Ann Arbor this year. I, I think it's certainly a, a game that Michigan should win and probably will. It would not surprise me if it's by double digits this time around. Uh, but yeah, after that, I mean, I think the next best opponent probably is Illinois. They're playing great football. And I don't think it's not something I think we all would have said before the season started. Uh, they're playing good football, but Bima has that program certainly turned around and playing the type of style of ball that he wants to that again, that tough, rugged round based attack. And I think it's something Michigan would, wouldn't mind going up against. So I, I think the, the pathway is cleared for 11 to no going to Ohio state. Um, and it's going to come down. I think that final game, I, I don't know if the big 10 is, is ripe to get two teams in the playoff. And I think that may be where Michigan's lack of, you know, tough, uh, lack of having a tough schedule comes in, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the, they're, they're, it's in front of them. They, they realize if they go unbeaten and beat Ohio state at the end of the year and get the big 10 championship, they're probably going to win it again. And then you get in the playoffs. So things are looking good. I mean, they're, they're playing great football. They've answered every test that's been put in front of them. And as the players have said, I mean, that's all they can do. They don't make the schedule. They don't control the schedule. Uh, and and they're just, they, they, they've been saying basically put up an opponent, line someone up, and we'll, we'll play them and we'll, you know, we'll beat them. ESPN with their you know football power index. I mean, they have Michigan very heavily getting getting to eleven wins. You know, the projected win losses eleven point two wins and one point one losses. So they think it's you know much more likely they only lose one than than lose two. Um, and that one being most likely Ohio State, given Ohio State's numbers here. So. Uh, you know, they give them, they give Michigan there for a still a f- over 50% chance to to make the playoff. And again, as we get closer, if Michigan is in fact 11 and 0 going into the Ohio State game, we can then start to debate whether, you know, with a loss, they could still be considered. There's just, there's too many other games to be played before, you, you know, you can make a, uh, you know, accurate prediction about, about that. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is, you, you couldn't be in any better spot than you are right now. You've won all your games. Um, now they were seven and zero going into the Michigan State game last year, um, and that one didn't didn't go their way. But uh, this looks like, it, I think more importantly, whether it's a different Michigan team or not, it looks like a different Michigan State team. That's for sure. A team that really relied on Kenneth Walker the third last year has been uh, ha- has struggled, and not just offensively either. Um, you know, on defense as well. So. Uh, but they did. They did just pull out an overtime win, um, you know, at home against Wisconsin. Both teams have have the bye going into this uh, this rivalry matchup. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll it'll be a an abbreviated uh, you know week of of you know media for us uh, this week. No no Jim Harbaugh. We we will talk to some players. Uh, by the time folks are listening to this, I suppose we will know the uh, kickoff time for Michigan State, right? So I don't need to, uh, I don't need to put you on the spot to make a prediction there because they'll they'll see it, they'll see the headline on mlive.com uh, slash Wolverines by then, um, and I'm sure folks will have uh, an opinion on, on that, you know, no matter no matter where it falls. So yeah, stay tuned for uh, you know continued coverage, um, you know, throughout the bye week and then leading up to the Michigan State game on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.